I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. Hi there, I'm Glenn Savile. You're listening so to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 100 and Kyle Bush. I, wait, we can't do that anymore, can we? Uh, no, no, no he's he's eight now. All right, Ross Chastain, Kyle Bush. There we go. We already got the Ross mention out of the way, so we don't have to do it the rest of the episode. Welcome to the Always Race Day podcast, presented by the Carl Auto Group. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Caleb Sloha uh, and Joshua Olmstead. Uh, before we get started, wanted to give a big shout out to our presenting sponsors uh, at the Carl Auto Group. Uh, great, great people. Um, even better company. If you want to buy a car to use in a robbery. Don't tell them that you're doing so beforehand, uh, but you can use it for that or anything else you might want to um, put it out there for. Uh, you want to donate it to Monster Jam, see if they'll bring back crushed cars, you could do that. You could race it at Hawkeye Downs with Caleb. I might do that Friday. So you could really, the sky's the limit with what you can do with something from the Carl Auto Group. What, Caleb? I said, there you go. It's a good good place for it. I know. I, I hit on everything there. Uh, we got Barry Braun uh, joining us later in this episode. It's a one-on-one interview just with me. Uh, he's the XR CEO, uh, if you guys didn't know that. Uh, we had a fantastic talk about the industry today and uh, some stuff that um, – kind of going on throughout dirt racing and and his role and what his company wants to do and why they're doing all these uh hundred thousand dollars to win late model races and um it's a it's a fascinating conversation uh, and you can tell he really knows uh how to adapt so you guys uh will enjoy that one but first uh we gotta hit what happened this week in racing we're gonna preview some stuff we're gonna do all that I was hung over today because of the Dallas Stars game, but other than that, it was it's been a fine forty eight hours. Was was the drunk Connor during or the uh post uh upset Connor? Uh no, it was like the first period just ticks me off for one thing. They just weren't adjusted to speed. And then everyone adjusted, they made adjustments, and it was clear that Dallas was the better team on the ice for the last two periods. And we lost game one of the second round exactly like we lost game one of the first round when we looked like the better team and the other team sneaks in an overtime goal. So, And the, the puck went right to Yanni Gord's stick and he knew exactly the corner where to turn around and shoot it. So I thought he got lucky getting that puck back. Uh, but I also think Yanni Gord's like one of the best players in the league and no one knows his name. So, Also, Seattle's mascot is named Bowie and he sucks. They got the coolest uniforms out there. No, they don't. I don't know why. The color combination is so nice. It goes from like a teal to a light blue, and they weren't smart enough to put the red stripe on the jersey in between the two blues that are almost the same color, and it looks really stupid. It's a work in progress. It looks like a new high school opened up across the street, and they happen to have a hockey team, and that's the uniforms they got. I, I can get behind the Dallas uniforms when they wear the black neon ones. Hey, talk to me when Seattle ever wins a cup. How about that? 
I'm a Knights fan, so I can't say much. I know. They've been alive for how long? No, I'm just... <laughs> That's more fun to do with Minnesota. They've actually been alive for a long enough time that it's surprising. But, you know. Should we get into racing? I think we should. Yeah. Josh is outside for this podcast. He's going all winter classic on us. It's beautiful out. It's gorgeous. I feel like this was directly a result of housework. And you're talking, I mean, yes. talking yourself into, I love sitting outside. I mean, I do though. I, I it's a, it's a vibe, but I yeah. I with um, the right circumstances. Like I think my future house is going to need like, you know, easily move the PS five outside with this shelf that goes inside and outside the house. Someone's going to engineer that. And I just can't, I don't like, like being outside is fine like patio drinking with your friends or going on a boat or something or covering a race, Agreed. obviously. But like, I don't like going to just sit outside and do the same things I would do inside. I just love being on a boat. My favorite thing to do. <laughs> oh God. It's not my favorite thing. I don't, there's nothing I love more than a nice crisp there's, boat. There's a joke behind this. <laughs> What's the joke? I I, We're on a podcast. You guys have got to stop hiding things from the listeners. It's just so funny. So uh, I think it was 2016. I got ran over by a boat. So that, yeah, that, ran over by a boat. <laughs> got yeah. ran How over by a boat. Um, just dive down. He was well, on another boat. <laughs> this other dude who was like 80 years old, um, like fully ramped. Why is his? Why, why are you bringing his age into this? Because he was old. <laughs> but, ageism yeah, anyway. going from. So cage. fun fact: that's the only time I've missed an IndyCar race since like 2011 at Iowa Speedway was because the week before I got ran over by a boat, and uh, because of their pricing, it might be the second year ever. Have the prices not come back down yet? I thought that um, was word that they have. Oh, is the Formula One week in Miami, is that this week? Yes, it is. So that still isn't sold out, and they've dropped the ticket prices from $450 to $400. We should go. I'm not going to that. I have yeah, I all the money in the world right now. so I could pay less money to go to Raccoon River, buy 14 <laughs> cases of bush light, grab my friends, and I'd be on a much more real beach than they have at the Miami circuit. They have real water now. What about the sand or is it going to be plastic again? I don't know. I, I still don't want that. that. What are we starting with tonight? All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll go backwards on it, but uh, so Josh Berry uh, potentially is being picked up uh, by Kevin Harvick. Uh, incorporated that would likely mean a switch over to Stuart Haas racing um you know I don't know uh about you guys would you rather have Josh Berry or Cole Custer oh that's such a hard like and you can throw Ryan Priest up there and say you get two of the three uh, that's what I mean like it's a, it almost feels like it's a lateral move man. 
unless I unless on the same level. As long as Almarola and Harvick are both going to be here's, gone. And here's the only thing I'll say about this though is like with Custer, you know you're getting this. With Barry, you could get the same or you could get better. So I feel like on one hand, it's like you you know you're going to get meh. On the other hand, you either get meh, you could get better. How bad do you think Custer was that you didn't say that he could get worse? I I say meh. Like, I, it, Custer, I mean, like <laughs> Custer, the next-gen car, is a catastrophic disaster. But in the I don't Gen know. I'm, car, I'm a, I think I'm a Cole Custer truther. I in the in the Gen Six car, I was a hard believer in the Cole Custer train, but on the next-gen car, it just hasn't fit his racing style. Oh, I just I I it's hard. Like I. I don't think he did bad, but he just wasn't like a legend. And I mean, Barry could, you know, become a a race winner several times in a season. He could go for championships. Um, Stuart Hospital with an S. Championships with an S. I mean, with this format. Like I no, I still, think, I still think I still think you got to be mad consistent to make the final four. I agree. You do. It's just you, you have to be really you know. good. It's not like this is some kind of crapshoot that we'll see a Mount St. Mary's go to the championship or something like that. But that's the problem, though, is like you have to be good. You just don't have to be great. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. You know, I, I feel like everyone that's champion, won the championship everyone has been that, the points leader. Yeah, everyone that's won it, I felt like, has deserved it. And there's been very few times where I thought one of the drivers in the Final Four didn't deserve to be there, and that guy took out Chase Elliott in the race there last year. We're back on this again. Oh, he made the headlines, too. Are we moving on? Chase yeah, I, I mean, I I think your your odds with him are probably better than they are with Custer. How much? I it might be minuscule. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Um, so they're releasing a lot of teams have been putting out their uh, NASCAR throwback paint schemes for Darlington this year. Uh, if he couldn't have been more of a, a menace on the track, Ross Chastain chose to throwback to Dale Jarrett, which is what Ricky Stenhouse is doing. And I'm just putting on my, my tin foil hat here and my Tucker Carlson hat, but what what it sounds to me, it Trackhouse could have gotten word that Stenhouse was going to be running the Dale Jarrett paint scheme. So they scrambled on Tuesday to release their paint scheme before Stenhouse could, before JTG could put theirs out. I find that hard to believe. I do too. <laughs> I, I made I made all of that up if you couldn't tell, but it is kind of funny that we finally have two teams that had the same idea. I, I think we've been doing this for a few years now, and no one has came to the track really with the same looking car. I mean, are you talking about the same year or? I, I mean, it's Dale Jarrett's UPS scheme. There's a few, I suppose. What if they threw back to the Michael Walter bracing one that he had when he was the number 44 and it had Thunderbolts on the hood? That would be great. It kind I was of looked say, like Thunderbolts. It was something a little different, but. If you're talking about like 
out of all the years, I mean, we've seen a Dale Senior number three car, like with the Wrangler throwback a time or two. Like that paint scheme is just black. The oh, you're yellow, oh, you're talking about the, the blue. Yellow. Okay, I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just, all about that. I'm just saying at the same like at the same time. Yeah, I think it's a first. Also, the best the best one ever will forever be the Jeff Gordon Rainbow Scheme throwback with the sponsor being Nut Up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it won't be tough. Um, also, Denny Hamlin um, making waves again. He's throwing back to the the throwback he ran in like 2020s, like doing the same thing he did three years ago. There were two. Remember the year that uh, they did all the throwbacks for um, Tony Stewart? Uh, there were two Stewart Haas cars that were both orange schemes, a little like different years, but. I wonder if it's going to be hard for the spotters between Stenhouse and Chastain. No, one's going to be at the front, one's going to be at the back, one's going to be hitting cars, one's going to be out of the race. Yeah, you're right. That's. Well. <laughs> Stenhouse has cleaned up his stuff lately, don't this, you? This year Chastain, he's been great. Chastain would never get taken out by his own wreck. No, not him. No, that's, I mean, that's, got to know how to wreck people, right? Um, that'll be interesting. I think the Hamlin throwback is really stupid, though. There's, I hate, I hate stupid throwbacks. Like, just don't even do the throwback. It's not, no, so, like, okay, like, here's the, like, people are like, there's not enough paint schemes to throw back to. Yeah, there, there's different sports, yeah. man. There's, a, there's plenty. There's plenty. I can name 10 literally off the grip right now of, is, is Hamlin's the 2005 one? What's that? Is, is Hamlin's the 2005 FedEx scheme? No. Um, which, which one is his? Is it the Bud Shootout one? I'll look like it the up. all black with the orange bottom. Hamlin's? I thought I saw. Yeah, because I thought I saw something like that and saying what the potential could be. No, I this guess is I'm, I'm give, showing it to you right now. Because I did see a post that said what could have been, and I must have just like got confused with it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if this got. I think it got leaked somewhere first, but I, I've been seeing it all over the timeline today, so I assumed it was. God, the birds chirping, man. This is this is our masters episode. <laughs> can you actually hear that? Yeah, they're like pretty good too. I can like faintly hear them, but I do have noise canceling headphones, so that's probably why. But yeah, uh, that throwback looks exactly the same as the one he ran three years ago, and uh, like oh, for God, I see it. Yeah, Alex Bowman is running a paint scheme that his spotter Kevin Hamlin ran in the 2000s on a car in the Xfinity series. I think it looks good though. You imagine like anyone that just runs a Dick Trickle throwback doesn't matter. Like, I, think, I think they should. Yeah. That, yeah. I've never seen it ran done before. Has anyone, talk, has anyone talked to happy or uh, yeah. Happy cheeks, toilet seat cleaner about a potential rekindling. Someone runs a Mason Mitchell throwback. Yeah, good luck with that one. Get them on the phone. Uh, I don't know if they're a company anymore, man. 
if you uh, go to Fest 2, obviously there's a lot of, you know, there's, well, there's a Dick Trickle Memorial Race um, part of the deal, but they have a couple of his cars um, on display throughout the week and stuff. It's it's really cool. And they race one. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I think throwing back the same thing you did a few years ago is boring and stupid unless it was like a really cool jeff gordon scheme or something but i'm biased so what are your thoughts on blaney's throwback i was just about to bring it up i love it sprint car scheme it's his dad's okay but like the colors are horrible what do you mean the colors are horrible they don't match it's menards yellow i understand that but at that point if the color if it's not gonna match why do the throwback how the hell are we gonna different. tell people what menards are without that bright ass yellow do something different like no Paul Menard, ever 2011 Bridgeards. no man Wait. menards has been on a nascar for, like for every race dating back like 20 years how the hell how the hell are people gonna know what menards is if you they, do they, a different menard throwback the colors for one week that you would do be a different menards throwback. it'd be detrimental to the brand man Josh hasn't got that I was joking. It took him probably until just now. It's I, I'm upset by the throwback because at one point is it like not even a throwback because it's like the, the same design. I mean, it has the aspects there to be the throwback. It's just what the sponsor wanted. We have a stripe. That's the only thing that like. It does I, look like I, a normal I, scheme. I could go find a car with a stripe and also put a stripe on my car and be like, oh, yeah, this is my throwback. Caleb, yeah, like, would be, Caleb would be Joe Gibbs at the start refusing to do throwbacks, and then they're like, man, you have to do one like everyone else is doing them. Just have some fun. Maybe like let Christopher Bell run whatever dirt races he wants, blah, blah, blah. And you look back at him and you go, okay, my throwback is the 1994 uh, Honda Switchback. I'd be I would be more than fine. I was trying to find a more average car and I for some reason I was blanking on every every car brand. I would be more than fine or throwback. I think it's a great idea and I'd love to see them. I just like if if you do a throwback and it's like, okay, the only real thing of this throwback is a stripe, then you at least should color match because if all there is to it is a stripe, which is fine, if you don't color match any of the colors, it's just a race car. All you have is a race car. It's, and you're just but insane. it's stripe it's striping. There's like, like I said, like car. I said, if they the change it, everyone's pattern, gonna be confused. The color pattern works out, but like and don't get me wrong, it's a it, the car is gorgeous. It just doesn't match it. Look, I'm in and no that's position. what makes me angry. I'm in no position to complain when someone wants to use a sprint car paint scheme for a throwback, nor would I do it for one of the nine humans alive that have won a World of Outlast championship? I again, I think it's. I shouldn't say humans thing. alive. I think they're all still alive. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, so I'm, I'm deeply sorry if I am. What I meant to say was the nine people that have ever won a World of Outlast. <laughs> I just, uh, we, we get one about one every year that it's like, here's our throwback. And you could like, if, if I didn't know, I, I, no, I got, right, we'll give out, we'll give it out at the end of the year. Cause we have, we're going to do an award show this year called the Dickies and we'll oh, give out an award for worst throwback scheme. And my vote is 2000% going to Denny Hamlin right now. If it's true. 
I, I can't assume it's fake. At least, would, yeah. I've seen it at from least. too many different places. Now, they, these aren't, I'm not reporting this. It, I should probably learn how to word this because I come off like a real fool right now. Apologies. But I've seen it, it from like posted by too many people that I'm assuming it's real. If it's not, we'll tell you on the next episode. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm pretty sure that's, that's their deal if they announce it. And people are going to erupt if they announce that. So I guess we'll see. But now y'all know the front runners. And this, this, these awards will be for all series. We aren't going to. Which one do you I, like I, the most right now? Here's what I'll say, though. At least with Hamlin's, at least his looks like a, the car. Car, like if 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 I'm sitting in the stands and you didn't tell me it was Throwback Weekend, I could be like, "Oh, that looks like an old race car." I'd look at Blaney's and I'd be like, "That looks like a 2023 Menards paint scheme." Yeah, but then I look back at you and I go, "Yeah, that Denny Hamlin one. That looks like the one I was watching at home during the pandemic, which was the freaking worst." But at least it looks like a throwback. Oh no! Don't th- you can't throw anything back, let alone to 2020. <laughs> so which ones? Is there a threat? Is there a threat on? Is there a threat on Reddit right now? Of all For the throwback schemes? Um, I just follow an account that posts them. Well, um, share the account with the group chat. It's on Instagram. Just tell me the name. It's just NASCAR schemes. Oh. NASCAR underscore schemes. I have to give it to the Ryan Ellis one right now. The old good. That's your favorite one. Right now, I think so. Okay, I'm not looking at it yet, but I will be soon here. Do I do like the, I do like the boat the Byron throwback with uh, Jeff Gordon's. I like this guy. This his whole account is just made to post new schemes. Y- yes. Sage Karams is cool. No, you did not. What he he did that, dude. The dude is from what Indiana or Ohio or like Tennessee or something. He's the not Sage from. Karam? Yes. Oh my bad. You said it right this time. He's not from like Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah, I I had a kid that bet me twenty bucks. I couldn't beat him in NHL. Uh, hockey we call it shell but people make fun of me when i call it shell that don't play hockey uh and i i played as kazakhstan and beat the united states four to two best one of my life oh did you did you find uh they got like blue and yellow and like corn stalks on their jerseys they're sick did you find a guy named sage karam on the other team no he's he was not on the united states of america exactly uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt's like Wheaties throwback is cool. That one's pretty cool. I my top three's got to be probably Ryan Ellis, Eric Jones, and B- William Byron. If if the William Byron car is metallic, if it's not metallic, then it's not. Now I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Ryan Blaney thing again, and uh, no, no, you can definitely tell it's that's the same get out of here that's cool. same as what his other ones yeah it's a, it's the striping it's got the whole it's three stripes actually layered over on top of one another next to each other
And I can't tell what the sponsor is supposed to be. Is that East Bay? No way. What sponsor? What? Oh, it's Dutch Boy. <laughs> the sponsor on the hood. Oh, yeah. It's Dutch Boy. Brett Moffat's doing one of Tim Richmond. That one looks sick. Is host of ours supposed to be Jeff Gordon? Um, I missed that one. I don't remember his off the top of my head. So Carson host of ours doing a Dale Jarrett throwback too, I guess. I didn't know. Oh yeah, Garrett. that's right. That's right. I do. Yep. Yeah, I do remember that now. Oh yes. I did anyone that. mention this Ryan Ellis one? Yeah. Uh, Josh did. Yeah. I like, I like that one. Yeah, that one's probably like my favorite so far. This is this podcast has turned into a scheme review. I wish I was good enough at editing that we could get them get it on the YouTube if you're watching, but they're not. If you just scroll through the Instagram, the NASCAR underscore underscore schemes account, uh, you'll find you'll find everything we're talking about. But yeah, no. Uh, we'll do we'll do awards at the end of the year. Uh, we'll do the Dickies. We, we're going to come up with some fun things, fun awards to give away and labels to put on people. I'm sure it'll get a little contentious, but we'll see. Uh, Legacy Motor Club. So Jimmy Johnson and uh, Mari Gallagher's team. Uh, they announced this week, probably the biggest NASCAR news of the week, that they are moving to Toyota uh, in the 2024 season and beyond. Uh, biggest part of that, I think the most surprising part, is Jimmy Johnson uh, leaving uh, Chevrolet, who has supported him for nearly three decades since he came into the sport and made his boom and, and made history. So I think that's probably the, the most surprising news of this, but if you guys had anything else, like any other reactions, I'd love to hear those first. I think you kind of covered it. Like it's crazy to think that he'd be leaving at, at his manufacturer that he's been around with for 20 plus years or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, and I had a couple people ask me if this will affect the Garage Fifty Six thing, um, and my so there's no mention of it in the release. They're we're basically just waiting on an announcement to confirm one way or the other. Uh, if your favorite driver is Jimmy Johnson, you want to watch that car because you love Jimmy Johnson. Uh, then yeah, I I would be a little concerned um, that maybe he might not run uh, in that. <laughs> in the Le Mans race. Um, if not, if you're on the opposite side and you just want to see the NASCAR car kick ass at Le Mans, this might be good news for you because they can go snipe uh, IMSA or an IndyCar driver uh, and probably have a better ch better shot um, than they would with Jimmy Johnson. Um, that's, people disagree with me on their thoughts of Jimmy Johnston as a, a road course sports car driver. Uh, I've watched the last two Rolex 24s and I have a different opinion. So uh, I'm not trying to discredit Jimmy's career. He's amazing. He's fantastic about everywhere he's been. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I just don't think losing Jimmy Johnson from that lineup is a loss. 
I'm also not very psyched about the whole lineup in general. Uh, Rockefeller is about the only one that is solid, solid. So I don't know how much I, it, it would be interesting to see if they would get rid of him. I mean, we see guys compete in, you know, like sports car racing and they're not necessarily driving the same manufacturer. We see them compete in, you know, IndyCar and we, we see them compete in various things and, you know, to a point where it makes sense, um, you have to have that manufacturer alliance, but then, you know, it, it's not like there's a Toyota sports car series. So I don't think Toyota's going to be like, Oh no, you can't do that. And I, I, well, most of the time, most of the time, these teams, when they go, these drivers, when they go race for other teams, it's in series that don't have that manufacturer. And that's why right. they're kind of allowed to do it. So I'd be curious to see. And for whatever reason, I mean, they keep this consistent. Like they, they don't screw around when you sign your manufacturer agreement in NASCAR. I mean, you you are bound to Chevys, or you are there. You are entirely there with Ford. So I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure what that's going to bring. I guess it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Josh, do you have anything else on that? No. It, it's, it is what it is. What did you think of the uh, Indy 500 schedule, the month of May schedule? I love it. Indy, all month long. Thumbs up. I think they Can't should get enough of Indy. The sessions early in the month. That's just me. Why? I want more. Touche. That's it. That's the only reason. It's daytime practice. I can just watch it. Have fun. Um, on the dirt side, uh, James McFadden uh, is appealing his penalty. We should hear from the appeals panel at some point um, in the near future. Uh, there's some people freaking out because he was on the high limit entry list uh, using one of his four allotted uh, non-World of Outlaws events. Um, but I would say that doesn't tell you anything because it's his first and the race was postponed. So they're still looking for a date for that race. It was supposed to be tonight, Wednesday, um, or last night, depending on when you're listening to this. But I will say uh, I think it's just a precaution they were taking in case they get this 500-point penalty. And I would assume they drop off the World of Outlaws Tour because of how much of a hole that puts you in, 500 entire points for uh, – penalty to new tires uh potentially on a pre-mounted tire that they purchased from somebody so i'm not um just kind of talking rumors there a little bit but nothing that you're not nothing that isn't possible or nothing that's inconceivable um we'll see what they do we'll see what uh the outlaws decide and uh should be interesting because I, i think he would end up going over and running all the high limit shows and picking and choosing and everything like that. But I think it'd be awesome to see him compete on the outlaw tour. So who knows what they're going to do. Um, also flow racing, um, days after dirt vision announced that they were going to be on CBS on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, uh, days after. So today, Wednesday, uh, flow announced that they're in a partnership with Fox sports one. Um, and they're going to have a, documentary uh based on i believe it's kyle larson justin grant 
think Brady Bacon and Thomas Messerol, and I there's got I, there's no way I went four for four on that. <laughs> Absolutely no way. Hold on. I missed this today, so this is news to me. Yes. Um, Kyle Larson, Justin Grant, Tyler Courtney, and Thomas Massaro. Uh This will be on Fox Sports 1 next Thursday. The trailer is out. Uh, it's being called uh, Dirt, the Last Great American Sport. It's presented by NOS. Um, I do find that interesting, too, that it's presented by NOS. Right. World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series uh, and what appears to be a little bit of a Dirt Vision Flow Racing battle coming on right now. I do find it really, really interesting. It's always funny to me how that happens because it's like we, we see it with like movies too where like if, you know, one if let's say Pixar creates a movie about ants, then all of a sudden coming out at the same time, DreamWorks also has a movie about ants. And it's like, that's not like a, Oh, they, they made a movie about ants. Let's come on, ant man. Just examples. Are Connor, you bringing up ant man? No, just listen. Okay. I, I just well, told a random thing. So, but it uh, it's always funny because it's not like one looks and reacts and then says that. So it's not like they're reacting today and they're saying, oh, well, they're making one. We're, we're going to make one too. Like this is obviously, you know, some, somebody moved first and, um, you know, the other Someone side heard got about wind. it, obviously. Yeah. The other side got wind and is now, you know, playing it. But, um, my, my, so I, have, I have 14 questions. Oh boy. The first one being, what's NOS doing sponsoring this? Money. It's fine. I, they can do what they want. You know, I, it's, I find it odd, though, with the timing. My second one is, the World of Outlaws put theirs out. There's not much of a release or any information on if we're getting more episodes. I reached out for comment from the series. I haven't heard anything back. Um, I'm not sure what's uh, what their stuff is going to be because it, it started out. It kind of came off like more of a series and now it looks like it might be a one show deal, uh, but it's on national TV. That's good exposure either way. It's on a Sunday for the people that want early start times. These ratings should soar because everyone just turns on the TV when they get back from church. And that's, that's what, how they do their Sundays. It's everybody in America not a single person doesn't go to church. According to those early start time people. I just wanted to make sure we were painting the exact picture. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if, if the ratings make sense, they'd be starting at noon. You know how it goes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and no one else would have a field day. With me? No, just having noon start times. Because you went on that huge tyrant, that one podcast about how. I know. I love this new start time. Reminded me of uh, like 2019 again, 2018. That was one of the bigger issues at that time. And everyone's yelling about it for a few years. And it's like. You look at IndyCar ratings, they're at 11 or noon almost every week when they're not going head to head with NASCAR and 
they're not better. They're, they don't get better when they go earlier. So I like my normal start or the start times that we've been doing. Cause it gives me more time to recover from hangovers. <laughs> just going really hard specifically on Saturday. <laughs> Correct. Cause I know I don't have to do anything Sunday. <laughs> it's May. You gotta ask me if the stars are playing or not. I mean, beyond that, like right tonight is just like, what's on tonight? Well, maybe we'll hear some lineups for stars game on Thursday. It's all Stanley cup. Unless there's racing on little different. tonight. <laughs> there would have been racing on true. Uh, did you guys have anything else from this week? You want to bring up anything you wanted to talk about upcoming weekend? don't believe so what what is kansas looking like you think what's the weather out there not even well i'm sure the weather's gonna be just fine because it's kansas but uh no really yeah somebody had posted earlier this week um that it didn't look good but i, I haven't looked since we'll look now. I do know uh, Thursday at maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. I have a schedule on here for a reason. And sometimes there's a one-off race where I forget to change it. So let's see here. I'm just going to Caleb, if you could talk more when I'm not talking, that'd be awesome. Um, Friday looks great. 78, mostly sunny. Saturday, 88, mostly sunny. Sunday, 91 with thunderstorms. Nice. Starting at 4 p.m. Oh, that'll be interesting. That might be a halfway race. So, you know, again, if you had your noon start time there, you, <laughs> you, that, you that, yeah, that, that's great. You know, just the people that are like, well, if we started at noon, we'd finish by now. Yeah, it does. And just has lights. Um, no, but, uh, the Lucas oil lay model series and the all-star circuit of champions are both at atomic on uh, Thursday, I believe. So that'll be cool to see. It's a little double header. I think there should be more sprint car late model double headers. I love it. Uh, some track people will tell you it's difficult to, uh, prep a track, uh, for a night where both vehicles are on the surface, but I feel like in my time, I've seen enough uh, days where the World of Outlaws do it. I've seen enough days where a support division might be 360 sprint cars for a big late model show. And I very rarely have seen tracks that sucked. So I feel as though it's a lot easier than some lead on, at least in terms of it's attainable. It's not out of this realm of possibility. And they do it three nights in a row in Charlotte at the end of the year. So four this year, so. 
I'm excited for that. That should be cool. Um, Supercross is in action with their penultimate race uh, of the Supercross season of the stadium season. Uh, and then SLMR uh, is hosting an East-West Challenge at Lakeside. So both of their tours are racing there this weekend um, in the sprint cars are doing let's race two at eldora uh and the world of outlaws late models are doing their uh Dairy land showdown at mississippi thunder speedway up north um that events rose a lot the uh the first Dairyland showdown logo is badass i love it it's a little cartoon cow i should send it to you guys well that's something it's like I mean, it's just funny. It's objectively. I'm trying to get this thing out. Oh, that is that is like the lowest quality thing ever. There we go. Download image. Ba ba ba. All right, I sent it to you guys. I know that race paid 50 grand last year. I'm not sure what's paying this year. I think it would be 50, but I'm not 100% certain on that. Three-day event. Uh, should be cool for that series, though. Um, I know there's a lot of guys going up there um, to race it. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, uh, decent weekend of racing ahead of us. I hope Mother Nature stays away more so we can actually see some stuff go down. Agreed. Yeah, there's a there's a small chance um, of rain for Hawkeye Down, so I'm hoping hoping that it was so clear before. Well, it did, there weather. was a small chance, and then it went away. So we'll have we'll to see what happens. Thirty percent. What time? What time should I be getting up there? Getting up your way? We'll we'll talk about that. Oh, whoa. Okay. To know well, that, I mean, we don't these poor people don't, don't have to listen to us planning i love having content meetings on here <laughs> we know it's nothing better you guys good are you guys have you guys said your piece i think so i'm picking I, joey, i'm picking joey gaze to win friday there's a good chance he did last year oh he is right okay i didn't know if he was racing or not that was my way of asking because yes um, I will end it on this because I think you'll get a kicker out of this. Um, I saw I was watching NASCAR Race Hub today, and they had a segment that said, "Agree or disagree? Will Ross Chastain add on to his list of rivals this weekend?" Oh, this weekend specifically? Yes. Yeah, man. That's... They both said agreed. It was, uh, I think it was Michael Waltrip and Regan. There was, there was a dude pissed off at NASCAR communications for not promoting Ross Chastain more. And I, I was about to reply to him and I've, I've retired my days of getting mad at people. I don't know on the internet, uh, when it's not prevalent to me, uh, especially, but it's like, man, he, he wrecked a guy ended the day for the 2021 series champion. And they had a commercial dedicated to him that repeated on multiple occasions, thanks, Ross. I don't know what more you want them to do beyond just 
I won't even say what I'm going to say because someone's going to take a large amount of offense to that. It's probably for the best. I mean, just like, what, do you want a statue of him dressed up like an evil person? Define evil person. I was just going to say Satan, but yeah, <laughs> I was avoiding saying that. And I, I was I, just I kind of how stupid it sounds. Like just... Do you imagine if it's his face on the uh, the Little Mermaid villain? That works. We'll go uh, with that. The octopus one. I, w I was thinking of the name, and I thought of a different name from a Disney movie. But yeah, that would be what would come to my mind: an evil person. We'll leave it at that, so uh, no one gets. Well, oh no no no! This is a great marketing idea. Oh God! You have Ross Chastain as Satan on one side of the track, and Ty Gibbs as Jesus on the other. <laughs> oh my God! That's how we can market our stars. And we're canceled. Because that's what NASCAR needs, right? We need Ross Chastain. I, the next I mean, Dale Earnhardt. We don't. We don't need that, though. No, oh, well, we need. We need this. Everything's a need. Always, because the fan base never gets enough. <laughs> We'll be with you guys all weekend. Tons of racing action coming up. Uh, I'm going to be double screening tomorrow night with that double header on. A uh, couple of different late model tours in action. Um, and I'll have my Dallas Stars on the side TV. But appreciate you all listening. I uh, hope you enjoy this interview with Barry. If you're into the business side of racing and, and promoting and stuff like that, you will love it. Um, other than that, I think I'd tell you to have a great week at the end. But if I don't, um, go, go out, enjoy your weekend, and uh, find a racetrack to spend it at. Hopefully, we see you all at Knoxville on Saturday night. I'm hoping. Everyone do your uh, rain dances, though. Thanks. All right, guys, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is Race XR CEO, uh, Barry Braun. Barry, thanks a ton for uh, joining us today. Technically, it's XR events. Um, <laughs> My bad. That's on me. But no, no, it's all good. Uh, you know, we've had the name racexr.com for over 20 years. Uh, we are in the process of switching over uh texrevents.com xrevents.shop xrevents.tickets xrevents.plus um just found out that the name race xr would get confused a lot uh folks would think of uh, racer x and a number of other things and uh, get confused and can't find our stuff so we went with a cleaner uh name that people can understand a, a bit better and um the conversion process has been underway over the past couple months and we're actually getting close to the finish line so uh you'll see that over the next couple months but it's going to be hard to get that out of you know people's heads but eventually hopefully we'll uh we'll have that process completed how uh, how time consuming and, and head thumping is that to change over everything uh it's it's tough it's not you know it's really not that we're changing a name um it's more semantics of you know the name has been xr or accelerated for over 20 years uh you know xr events is now what we're known by uh it's just kind of a, a i guess you could say like a brand cleanup more than anything just to so people understand it better i think 
as promoters, as people, as anybody that is in business, you kind of get in your own little world sometimes and you get wrapped up in, well, I think it should be this way, but not understanding, you know, how others might think. And you have to try to look at it from an outside uh, perspective and understand that, you know, these are typical mistakes that happen. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's an adjustment kind of the keep it simple, stupid theory, uh, <laughs> just to, you know, to, to, to try it. Cause I mean, I've identified with race XR for 20 years. It's second nature to me, but, uh, when you're, when you're advertising to new audience and new people and a number of other things, it gets quite confusing. And now I, I, I really do get that. And especially when you uh, take time to get feedback from your customers and kind of have an understanding of the dialogue and you know, how they look at things much, much differently than you do. So that's actually been quite an adjustment just to kind of understand the, the psychology of that and, you know, start that transition and that switch over, but it's, it's gone rather well. Uh, but at the end of the day, the XR name itself, whether it's race XR, XR events has considerably grown in the past couple of years. And, uh, we're way, way, way ahead of pace that we thought we would be. That's awesome. I want to get into you as a promoter and how you got into that, but I did first want to ask, um, and it's probably more so your question. I got to give you credit, but have you lost your mind? Uh, throw another hundred thousand to win late model race out there. No, um, you know, I, I'll make fun of myself. It, um, nothing that we do is typical. Um, as an organization, we're extremely unorthodox in, in our thinking and why we do things a certain way. But I will tell you this, um, it's not fly by the seat of your pants by any means is very analytical. Uh, we have a lot of data. Uh, we, we grew up in the information age and we consume a lot of data. We look at different options, you know, uh, trends, what is happening and why, again, it goes back again, partially to psychology. How are people spending their money and why? And then we'll, you know, look at that, um, try to make the best decision possible, the best guess, the best, you know, uh, it's, it's tough to say because you, while that is important, you still have to have a feel for the market. You just can't make a decision based out of haste or based out of what you think is right. You have to back your decision with that data and also still have an understanding of how our market works. And so there is a bit of instinct too. Um, so no, the hundred thousand, not losing my mind. <laughs> um, because of what we learned at Bulls Gap this year. And so the $100,000 purse and concept was born out of the data that we had in 2022. So we did a lot of 20,000 to win shows and a lot of 40,000 to win shows. Well, here's a catch. It's about the same purse overall. Uh, move some numbers around and found a way. So here's the problem, Connor, more so than anything. Last year, there was over 78, 20,000 to win or more events in dirt late model racing. This year, as of today, there's still 50 plus for the rest of the year. 
Unfortunately, you guys, 20... you guys took up a lot of those last year, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. So uh, that would kind of check out on the math. Yeah, about a quarter of it. But yeah. what we learn more so than anything is nothing special about it. Nothing special about 20,000 to win. Nothing special about 40,000 to win. And even at this point right now, nothing's really special about 50,000 to win. Right. With how it's, many that are just popping up. Correct. So it's become commonplace. There's a lot of inventory in the marketplace. In fact, there's probably too much inventory. There's too many events and fans only have the ability to, to spend so much money. So they're going to go to, you know, whatever event that they feel is worth their dollar. And because of that, that's where we look at that. And we're like, Oh, Whoa, wait a second here. This isn't this, this scenario isn't working out. There's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're spending X and we're getting, we're getting Y back. And that's when we had to look at it and say, okay, well, the data doesn't lie. It truly doesn't. Numbers don't lie. And you have to look at, you know, how can we capitalize on this? How can we capitalize on our investment and our budget to get the most yield? And so simply it's a matter of taking um, much of the same budget, much of the same numbers and then just repurposing it and building different scenarios and different events that can potentially bring in more fans. Now we've only done one event for the super series so far, but it not only did it pan out, it pan out way better than expected. So that theory in play panned out better than expected. And I say that because not tooting our own horn, not tooting that we have this all Sorry, not tooting that we have this all, not, not tooting that we have this all figured out. Um, but it was theory put into play and it was also a reschedule. Typically reschedules don't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but the timing of that date, time of the year, where it was at competition and a number of things worked in our favor and it worked out incredibly well. Um, so we're not one to rest on just doing it to do it that way. Um, so we saw some things at bulls gap that, that in, 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 in how that event played out in our theory, uh, execution of the event and, and how it happened and why, um, we continue to study those numbers and trends and what happened after the event. And then we looked at that and said, well, wait a second. Discipline is a big thing. Okay. Very big thing. So to be able to stop, change your schedule and redo it on the fly is something that's not normal. In fact, it's not looked well upon at times, uh, upsets the apple cart a bit. Uh, I get that, but I'm not going to wait knowing going into the event that a possibly has a very good percent chance that it won't do well. And so we took all that data, all of that information that we had and, um, you know, had some discussions about it. We're like, no, what we got away from. So last year we did a lot of two day events where it was, you know, 20,000 to win both days at some of these smaller, uh, venues fairly good attendance, but here's what we learned. There's two opportunities for people to spend their money. 
And when there's two opportunities, you give them an option to walk away from the other one. Yeah. And that's where we said, wait a second, these need to be one day events. Um, I didn't realize that a one day hundred thousand to win event would, would be, uh, as successful as it was at bulls gap. And that was not by design. That was by weather. And so we learned some things in that and in how people spend their money in 2023, it's not 1983. It's not 1993. It's not even 2023. How they spend their money is way different than the past way different. Um, and that's what we have to look at in those trends, in those numbers, and then craft events around that. And it's not because we want to do like some super scientific, different ways of doing thing. We just want to do good business. If we do good business, it's good by the industry. It's good by the drivers. It's good by the fans. And then we can build off of that. Um, we're not doing it to be different. We're not doing it to, 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 be uh, difficult to anybody else in the industry. But what we're doing is simply being extremely disciplined to what we're learning in our business. Uh, we do have to make money like any other business. And because of that, we're going to look at things at a much different scope um, than anyone else, because we came from a different angle. We came from broadcasting. We didn't come from sponsorships. We didn't come from the typical business model of promoting events. Yeah. My, I wish my boss could be on here. His name is uh, Chris Williams and he would love what you're kind of preaching right now as a guy that owns independent media companies um, that he has a saying it's, it's just adapt or die. Um, especially with, you know, newspapers these days going out of business like that, because they're not adapting to a certain structure. They're owned by a conglomerate uh, too big of a company. So I think, that's really interesting that you say all that um, about what you guys were looking at. Cause I think today it gets really one dimensional on who's scheduling races where uh, just with the amount of dates that are available, especially with when you guys came in battling against two different national tours. Uh, and then uh, now along with uh, flow racing night in America. Right. And I, I think it's key to when you say adapt, uh, you can't be afraid to adapt. You can't be afraid of change. Um, we, what, what some may seem as being reckless is absolutely not reckless whatsoever. Uh, you have to remember we're really in only in the second year of the XR super series. These other tours and events have been established for decades. 20, 30 plus years. They ground out all of their bad mistakes in the first five years. And that's out of sight, out of mind. I mean, you were probably weren't even born when some of those were yeah, no, getting, absolutely getting not. started. And because of that, you know, people don't, people judge us differently because, you know, we're, we're growing up per se in front of everybody's eyes. Whereas in the past, in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, these other Folks, there wasn't even social media back then. There, it, I mean, there was message boards, but that's about it. That's like when uh, AOL would dial up your, your <laughs> phone and uh, you could hardly get anything to load. That's that's quite a different world. So we grew up, we're growing up in a completely different scenario. 
we're okay with all that. I, I get it. We've took heat. We've continued to build. Uh, we are projected to grow significantly in the next couple of years. And we're doing that by staying disciplined, by, by not listening to the noise and what's going on in the marketplace. And, but at the same time, we are respecting the market. I think that that's very evident in the fact that we're not booked on top of anyone this year. Uh, we, we go out of our way to make sure that that doesn't happen now. Uh, simply it's just good business. It's not looked, it's not looked well upon, but at the same time, financially, it's just not smart, uh, you know, to book against these other events, which creates competition. And I'll more so than anything to be quite transparent in streaming. It's the most important. You could have events on the other ends of the world and still run those events. And that's all well and fine. Financially, those events can be successful independently of streaming. But at the same time, when there's a race on a flow in a dirt vision, they are competing against each other. It doesn't matter what anybody says. They're competing for the same audience. When you have 15 races on, on a weekend, it's not even worth streaming. I'd rather just go and get in the boat and go fishing at that point because it's just not worth it. There's only X amount of customers that are going to watch X amount of events. And at that point, you're trying to defeat the inevitable. And the inevitable is that there's just too much going on. You're not going to be able to cut through that regardless if you have the best racers in the entire universe and you're paying hundreds of gazillions of dollars. It doesn't matter. Competition is competition, and there's only so much of an audience to go and pick from. Yeah, I like how you think, uh, and I, I think a lot of fans wish that companies uh, all over all three of the big broadcasting companies in dirt racing uh, with you guys flowing dirt, dirt vision. Uh, I think everyone wishes they would kind of schedule complimentary of each other instead of versus, right? I, th- um, I think for the most part they are. I, I don't really... I mean, I think that it people make it more of more than it actually is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, uh, I don't want to say unwritten rule or, you know, even though some of us really don't have to talk, we kind of take care of our own at this point. Um, absolutely. I mean, we're still competition. There's still probably bad feelings here and there. I could care less. They, they do as they need to, we'll do as we need to and let the best business do its thing. Um, but I think right now, no, you're not seeing that a lot. I, it might get murky in the, in the upcoming years. I think as business models are challenged, expenses are challenged as business models are challenged more so than anything. I think it will get murky. And I think, more so than anything, because of our promoters, for the most part, aren't making money. And the promoters and the events that are making money are the ones that are going to stand tall. It's not going to be about, um, you know, who's got the flashiest semi, who's uh-huh. got TV rights, because nobody watches TV anymore. Um, you know, a number of other things that, you know, were fun back in the day, uh, 
not realistic more so than anything. It was, oh, well, I get to do this or I get to be shown here or whatever. No, it's about bottom line. Who's who's winning and who's losing uh, at the gate is going to be much more critical than any of this flash and whatnot uh, of any of these you know, companies or sanctioning bodies or whatever. It's all well and great that the circus comes to town and it looks great and you got fireworks and whatnot, but if you're not making any money, it really doesn't matter. For sure. Um, and you kind of paint me as a guy that, you know, I, no one would expect you to have your 2024 schedule written out right now, but I feel like you have something in mind for what can fans expect in 2024 from you guys. Our schedule's already done for 2024. There we go. So, uh, again, it's, you know, this year, uh, first of all, 2022, we did a lot. We ended up doing 22 of the 23 scheduled dates, which was ridiculous because no one in their right mind, especially when you think about this year and the weather, nobody in their right mind would think we're going to get all these events in. So that, that schedule was built thinking we're going to lose a quarter of our events. That didn't happen. We ended up doing 22 of 23, ended up doing all of the events. We only lost one event day to rain Friday at Charlotte. Um, so it was a lot of work, um, incredible amount of work. And then we did North Wilkesboro on top of the XR super series last year, which was way too much work. So <laughs> We kind of took a back seat this year, caught our breath, um, really looked at, you know, how can we be efficient as a business moving forward? Some things that we saw in the business, um, this business was built utilizing methods in a, in a model, much like other sanctioning bodies and tours. And, um, we've completely reinvented that. Uh, and we're, we're going to do some things in the next couple months, in the next year that will, um, really make us an efficient, a super efficient business. Uh, I take pride in the fact that at bulls gap, our staff total was 12 people total at that event. We, we oversold that track. Um, and that's what it's going to take in, in the world of uh, technology and, and big business right now, that's called right sizing. Uh, COVID happened, everybody overhired. Now they're laying people off and they're building a more efficient business and we're no different. Uh, so we take actually more pride in a, in a tighter model and a, and profitability than anything else. Yeah. It's cool to do big races. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the race fan in you wants to do really awesome races and awesome events, but you also need to make money because you need to survive. And, um, we've incorporated a lot of our broadcasts business model into, uh, the event side and looked at it from a completely different scope than what traditionally would be done. And, you'll see some of that in the next year, um, at the track, outside of the track, everything else. Um, there's some really exciting things coming. Uh, I was not in charge of the company until about July of last year. I took about two years off. Well, I really didn't take time off. I was working in a different capacity. Uh, we had hired other folks to come in and run the company, but I was basically out from 
18 months to almost two years. I came back in in July and we've re-engineered the whole event side um, after that point. And I'm very excited. I mean, I get really geeked out about uh, the business side. Uh, efficiency is key, very key. And that's what's going to make it a company that can pay out big events and continue to survive moving forward. Uh, you can't run a company with a lot of fat and put on big purses at the same time. Something's got to give. So uh, we also don't base our company on sponsorships. In fact, to this day, we're really not even looking at sponsorships right now. And a lot of the reason why is because sponsorships can make or break a business. It's too volatile. So we have not built our business based off of that whatsoever. Uh, the fans are our sponsors. That's the bottom line, whether it's broadcasting or at the track, that's the sponsors that money gets repurposed back into purses and a number of other things. And, um, so far it's worked very well, but we still have a lot of tweaks that we need to do and still more data. Cause again, we, we can have all of these wonderful ideas, but I'll be the first to tell you it's very, uh, It'll make you very humble because mm -hmm. when you think you have something figured out, the next event is going to completely break your back. And then you're going to be like, wait a second here. Um, and I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much experience you've got. In fact, I think if you're too old, sometimes you don't want to look at new trends and new ways of doing things. And because of that, your business loses out on things. But I'll say this, I'm 46 years old. I've learned more in the last two years than my whole life. Yeah, I love that um, and everything you said there, because I, I geek out over some of that stuff, at least the stuff that we end up seeing on the surface and everything. Um, how much did, did you have any involvement in uh, the NASCAR All-Star Race being at North Wilkesboro? Was that part of your cleanup or was that kind of a separate thing that came along after? So, no, it, um, when we signed that agreement last year, uh, we were supposed, we had a, a, a soft goal of three years and they were going to get NASCAR back three years turned into three months, um, <laughs> for whatever reason. And again, this is not ego. Uh, it's an opportunity that was presented to us. We had to work at warp speed and, uh, build a event that, um, everything fell into place. Um, the assistance of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and a number of other factors came into play. Uh, we put on a show uh, after the first event that we did there, the pavement modified event, the negotiations already started to take place. They did not believe that North Wilkesboro could come back. And uh, it came back in the first event, first, first night place was packed. Um, those negotiations started then I believe I'm not privy to that. I'm not a NASCAR guy. I'll be the first, I'll be the first to tell you, I have almost zero interest in it. Um, no disrespect to NASCAR as uh, an entity or anybody that's a fan of it. It's just not my thing. I, I love dirt track racing. And, but at the end of the day, um, it, it was received very well. It was attended very well. Because of it, they started um, negotiating. 
uh, days before we were to have the August 31 event, the cars tour event that was oversold and, and sold out. Uh, they came to me and said, Hey, the racers want to do this. They want to race on the old track. And, uh, because of it, we couldn't do the dirt track event that we had planned for October. Uh, we had planned to take the pavement up and race on the dirt, the, you know, the original dirt at North Wilkesboro, but the old track proved us wrong. It proved everybody wrong. It proved um, NASCAR wrong, uh, Speedway Motorsports wrong, everybody. Everybody and their brother thought that that track was lost as far as from a surface standpoint. And um, it absolutely proved engineers wrong and everybody under the sun wrong that that surface was um, what what these guys want. It's technical, it's gritty, it's, it's everything that we don't have in a, in a, um, you know, brand new paved racetrack. And they wanted to add that variable to the schedule. And who am I to step in the way? Mm -hmm. Ab absolutely not. So, uh, they asked me that I'm like, not a problem. My job here is done. Um, I signed off on it and, uh, we canceled the dirt month and, uh, and that's it. Um, that's their baby. That's their, their gig. And I wish them the best. And I hope that it's extremely successful. Um, we had a lot of fun with it and it went a lot faster than it was supposed to. Um, and that's cool. Um, who doesn't like to have a goal and achieve it faster than you expected. So I think it's going to be quite the event and the spectacle it's huge for, uh, you know, this Wilkes County and and the state of north carolina it's absolutely huge what it's going to do and the economic impact that it's going to have I, I i will say this you know just working in that area a short amount of time that track closing down had a significant impact on the economics of that whole county uh, at the same time or around the same time that they uh lost the racetrack they also lost lows um yeah okay as a corporate a hub and it just tore that county to shreds financially there's still a lot of very good businesses in that area in, including tyson foods and some other places but you're talking about two really big losses in the same yeah, hu huge losses i mean i mean debilitating losses it's a phenomenal area uh picturesque you know beautiful area but they lost two big entities in a small amount of time. And that just ripped the heart out of the economy in that area. So having this come back, the economic impact that it has uh, North Wilkesboro Speedway, it will be uh, a boon to the area. They're going to, you know, see some, some revenue that they haven't seen in a long time, but more importantly than anything, um, long-term they're going, they're going to, it's back. They're going to see it long-term. They're going to see um, not only the economic impact, but what it can bring back to the area. And I think that that's more so than anything, that's more so than just having the race, NASCAR, the all-star race, or what, whatever, what have you, to see that come back into an area that was, uh, you know, they, they just tore out the, the economy in that area, but to see it pump back in there. And I think that'll lead to more uh, opportunities for Wilkes County, North Wilkesboro, that whole area. Um, 
we'll see uh, a revitalization. And I think that that when, when us as fans, you know, look at these races and this is our, this is our thing. This is what we go to for entertainment, but to realize the economic impact and what it can do for the area is just as big. Um, we do it cause we love it. Right. But what it does for everyone else from an from economic standpoint is huge. It's absolutely huge what it can do uh, for these areas. So I think that that's more important than the actual NASCAR part. The NASCAR piece mm-hmm. of it is part of the puzzle, but to see that all come together uh, to me, that's a huge win for motorsports in general. And then, I mean, let's be real. It's cool. It's a cool track. Yeah. And, um, it gets away from these nasty super speedways and it puts it back to its roots. And that's super cool for us as fans. I do have a specific question for you on that dirt month thing. What was the prospective entry list looking like for the sprint car race there? Can you give us any names that might've been on it? Um, sprint, I know you cars, guys- sprint cars were three Oh fives because there was a concern to have four tens there because it was so big. Gotcha. In fact, the, the super late model guys were pretty concerned too. And, and I get it. Um, I just posted this on Twitter yesterday, but I believe on Twitter or no Facebook, the problem with the bigger tracks, be it a Bristol, a Belleville, you know, num- uh, West Virginia motor speedway, which is where this discussion came up in 2023. These cars are so geeked out. They're so fast. The bodies are not the same anymore. So that you could say that for late models and sprint cars, mm-hmm. they are, re- yeah. they are ridiculous fast now. Um, to the point where, you know, a half mile or even bigger is quite daunting. Um, because of you, a safety standpoint. And I, I will tell you this. I don't think there's nothing fun about watching a car that's at warp speed. Um, because usually it leads to not much passing and and whatnot. It's breathtaking. Don't get me wrong, but it, it starts to really teeter on, is it unsafe? And, and a lot of it is just because of the technology and the crazy things they can do with like a super late model these days and a sprint car that starts to make it questionable. And, um, so looking back, it was going to be an okay entry list, but I don't think it was going to knock anybody's socks off. I think the spectacle of actually just racing on dirt there. Now, if you get into like a stock car or a street stock or something of that nature, man, they probably would have put on some ridiculously good shows, just like they did at Bristol, a stock car type car at Bristol was the best racing period. In fact, the Hornets or the compacts or the forwards or whatever you want to call them. In fact, they were really good. Well, why is that? Because they're going around 80, 85 miles per hour. It wasn't warp speed. They could race with each other. They could slice and dice slide jobs, all that other stuff. And that's what was fun about it. Um, but when you're going hundred plus and you're just doing the whole you know, warp speed thing. I'm uh, not necessarily sure that that's the best racing. And I think that was proven this year. Um, you know, now we're starting all of us sanctioning body series and, and 
all of us are starting to look at smaller tracks and possibilities. Gotcha. And then uh, I want to know if we we could get an update on uh, Pensboro Speedway. How is that uh, project? You guys kind of went from North Wilkesboro and uh, shortly after, I want to say a matter of a few months, uh, announced that the next track you'd be kind of working on is Pensboro Speedway. Is this going to be a continuous series or was this just another project that happened to come up? Uh, in uh, no, it just came up. Um, we had visited the track early last year. I uh, put it on the sidebar because I knew North Wilkesboro was coming. And um, I, we don't have the capacity to take on too much at the same mm -hmm. time. In fact, we still take on too much. <laughs> um, and honestly, uh, when you look at our schedule, our schedule is reflective of our bandwidth of, you know, how much we can handle. We want to put on good events at every single event. And if we don't feel that we are confident that we can put on a good event. That's part of the decision. That's part of the reasoning why we schedule a certain way. Uh, but no, Pensboro, it's moving along. I think people have to understand we have a 2024 goal. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to start happening tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of things that have to happen from a um, financial standpoint to planning and zoning um government uh there's bridges at the track there so i have to get studies done um when you start you know changing how water is moved around and stuff like that you have to get <laughs> permitting and all this other stuff so yeah i will say it's moving along it's it's at the pace it needs to be we actually just finished a soil sample for pensboro um and it came back multiple samples the dirt there is phenomenal and that is a good first start um in the past they would race during the day and they would put calcium chloride on the track calcium chloride keeps dust down but it also eats tires um calcium chloride is not good for any dirt track at all and but through the the through the course of the past 20 plus years uh natural chemistry has happened where um grass has grown grass is bladed up so it's natural organics it the soil the composition of the soil rebuilt itself over the past 20 years which is super cool because there's two ways you can fix calcium chloride you can either do it that way and it takes a long time in fact they've done the same thing at charlotte motor speedway's dirt track uh they've grown grass on it bladed it but it's it takes time it takes years in fact um the other way is to remove the dirt and put new dirt down and uh, that's very costly so yeah. uh through the through through natural you know just a bunch of folks on the board having a having a hope and a dream every year they just blade it and um just worked out it's awesome uh thing about Pensboro is it feels very natural. Um it's gonna be an awesome event. It's gonna be awesome events, plural. And um, but it's moving along. Soil samples are done, engineering studies are on the way, and then uh, once that's cracked out, we figure out exactly what we're gonna do with the track and what it's gonna look like. Um, I'm very, very specific in how 
the track will look and I'm very detail oriented about the history of the facility and with respect to that. Um, so you'll see a lot of things that pay homage to the past and we're not going to disrespect the opportunity. Um, I keep it very true to what it needs to be. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan and I've seen stadiums redone and sometimes it sucks the soul right out of them when they're redone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that. So we're going to be very particular to the point where sometimes it's costly and, uh, but we're going to do it the right way. And I think that, um, man, you want to talk about revitalization, economic impact and all that other stuff. When Pennsboro comes back, it's going to be massive and we're looking forward to it. I love that. And I got one more for you. You talk about how your company is unorthodox and kind of thinks outside the box. Um, you've been, in the promoting business for a little bit now, what's the craziest promotional idea that you've had that didn't come to fruition? Um, boy, that could be a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would say dirt at North Wilkesboro at this point that, that didn't come to fruition. Um, we've, we've thrown a lot of, uh, we've taken a lot of swings on certain things uh for whatever reason they might not have worked out um but yeah dirt at north wilkesboro uh, because just it's ridiculous to even think about it but the old pavement proved us wrong and that's cool um it didn't happen so it might have been good that it didn't happen i don't know what what would Um, the battles have been of racing on dirt that's been covered by an asphalt racetrack for 45 50 years so I think the battles, um, it's different in the fact that we're taking the pavement up and racing on the original dirt. So what's even there? What is even there? And that's what that I was area, wondering the whole yeah. time when I saw it. Yeah. I don't, who knows what's there. Um, <laughs> it probably red clay, uh, because that's what that area has. Uh, mm-hmm. but what, what, uh, again, who knows what could have happened? Um, because who knows what was there and why and all that other stuff. So I think the biggest thing on that is um, all the unknown, you know, all the unknown. Could we have done it? Absolutely. Uh, All the best crew in the world, best equipment and everything else. How it would have panned out. I don't know. Maybe it could have been phenomenal racing. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I think that is probably the craziest gimmick that didn't work out for whatever reason. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton, Barry, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. I'll let you uh, get on with your day. Appreciate it guys. And again, if um, you know, you want to follow XR super series, it's xrsuperseries.com. Get all the information there. XR events.tickets for all your tickets. And then XR events.shop is actually launching here pretty soon. So if you want to get your apparel, uh, you can get that. But again, XR events is where it's at uh, for any of the web addresses, anything else. Uh, XR events 218 on all of the social media. So appreciate the opportunity and anything we can do to help in the future. Let me know. Awesome. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Thanks.